Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. It's the Flyers Forecast with Steve Jacob and Craig Forsythe. Taking a look at your Flyers week ahead. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Flyers Forecast. My name is Steve Jaco. this is Craig Forsyth, and we are here to talk about your Philadelphia Flyers week ahead for the week of August 31st. That's right, August hockey comes to a close. September hockey, who knows how long it will be going for, but it is about to happen. Craig, let me tell you, I spent my weekend just going through something that I love, but it left me emotionally drained and just, I wanted to crawl up into a corner and just cry after watching it. Also, I finished the last of us part two. Oh yeah. That's what, oh, okay. Yeah. That's, uh, I mean, that sounds like a pretty busy weekend for you there. sounds like two, a pretty emotional two weekend. Absolutely harrowing experiences <laughs> watching these flyers and finishing that game. That game left me a husk of a man. It's, it's very good, but it is just, I was very upsetting, very upsetting game. I just like felt emotionally drained after that. So between that and watching the Flyers just play dead against the Islanders or whatever the hell they're doing, it was just not, not <laughs> ideal. Yeah, no, that was, uh, I mean, that was just a fucking rough weekend. Uh, I mean, that, I mean, I, all I did was watch the Flyers this weekend. So it was not the same level of, uh, I didn't have anything to really break it up. It was just watching, uh, watching all that hockey, and then just uh, living in the despair and regret and uh, disappointment that is Monday. That's uh, that's what I'm dealing with right now. I didn't have a. I mean, the video game was good. Last of Us Part Two or whatever. Tremendous video game. I heard it's yeah, pretty good. Yeah. Emotionally draining. It's just, emotionally... It, it really was. I just felt like just awful after finishing yeah. it. Put you through the rigor. <laughs> I, the Flyers, though, I was hoping the Flyers would would deliver me, you know, from that despair, and they just did not. And this team just, we we talked about it last week on the forecast, where we said this is not going to be a pretty series. The Islanders have had the Flyers number for most of the year, and that continues to be the case in the playoffs so far in this series, where the Flyers are currently down three to one. Yeah, down three to one the series, and I uh, fuck Steve. You know, we have spent our podcasting lives trying to come up with analysis that is not just the good players need to score. And I really, I got nothing else. The good players need to fucking score. There's really no other way to summarize this series, this postseason, whatever the hell the Flyers have been in the bubble. The top end guys need to score. And I've gone to bat for Claude Drew in the past. We both have. He's got to fucking score. Konechny's got to get on the board. And Couturier's got to do a little bit more. I don't, like, there's just... Everything else, like, they're fucking... We're talking about a game five in the second round of the postseason. 
And so far in the first two rounds, the Flyers have been outscored 26 to 18. They've been outscored by eight goals, and they're only 10 games into two rounds of the postseason. Like, the fact they're still here is insane. So uh, to try and pin it like any of the other issues and say that's the big thing haunting the team right now, it's really just, it's just scoring. It's just scoring from the top end guys. And honestly, the depth really hasn't been there this round either. I mean, outside of, there's been seven goals scored. Tyler Picklick has one of them. The other uh, three, four from Couture, and then two are from uh, Myers and Provorov. So like the depth scoring hasn't been there either. Nobody is scoring uh, on, a, on a routine basis. I think that's the biggest issue right now. Well- and they're not even getting chances like they were. Like, no, Farabee, for instance, up. is like Farabee's getting chances, but like I feel like it's mainly just therapy for the most part. Yeah, no, I, and like some of the some of the guys on depth too, in the depth too. Like, Lowen's got a ten game goal drought now. Uh, he had three goals in the first two games in the round robin. Nak hasn't had a goal since his two goal game against Tampa Bay in the round robin, so he hasn't scored in the actual playoffs, and he's been dealing with injury stuff. And um. I don't know. His overall play hasn't really been terrible. Derek Grant, I heard a whole lot about how he scored 15 goals one year, uh, no goal in 13 games. And again, him and Thompson were not expecting goals from Thompson has a goal, and now he's got a 12-game goal drought. Uh, he hasn't scored in the postseason yet either, but they're still part of the depth. JVR, too. JVR is another guy who his whole contract is probably going to be, I mean, that's going to be a talking point this summer, and it should be. But 27 goals in 66 games last year, 19 and 66 this year. Zero goals in nine postseason games. He's got 16 shots on that. But you're right. It's the chances and the goals. Like, they're, they've got to be a lot I mean, higher at least, from a lot of these guys. They really have At least to. JVR has the excuse that he's not playing with that much talent. The top six yeah. guys, I mean, I will give Voracek an occasional pass because, again, he's having his hot, cold games. I think Kevin Hayes has looked pretty good this round. I thought, he had one yeah. spectacular game. And Couturier's at least putting up some points. I mean... Yeah. Claude Giroux and Travis Konechny, two of my favorite players, two of my favorite flyers, just, they're just not they doing anything. And, like, Claude's just kind of disappeared into the ether, wherever he is. And <laughs> Konechny is, Konechny is, like, making bad plays. He's frustrated. He's visibly frustrated. And he's just making mistakes, like that slashing penalty he got in the, the last game. And it's it's just not at all what you want to see yeah Konechny four assists 24 shots on goal in 13 games in the bubble he has four shots where he doesn't have a single shot or four games where he doesn't have a shot on goal five points uh in 19 career playoff games he's gone 17 straight playoff games without a goal everything you said I I mean I agree it's the I think the thing that scares me about Konechny is these are two series where he hasn't really been able to do much offensively because they've been tighter closer more defensive battles and i don't really i'm not a fan of him looking kind of uh invisible in these types of games or at least and i mean we recognize the defensive mistakes but i think connects this type of player if you put him in the defensive zone too much he will make mistakes and that's it's fine it's not really fine but if you also put up points or you do some kind of way to counteract that on the other end of the ice that'd be great but he's just not doing it and drew is Fuck, man. I mean, Drew, one goal in 26 games, it's just not. 26 playoff games, it's just not. It's just not good enough. It's terrible. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, we've, and we've defended them forever, and you could really, if we wanted to make the ridiculous Homer argument of, like, oh, there are a lot of hackstall seasons there, and oh, those round-robin games don't count, and 
you know, one of those games is tacked onto the 2014 series where I think he had six points in seven games. Like, you can make as many excuses as you want for him now. And I could, I, like, I could keep going, but you gotta fucking score. Like, one goal in 26 playoff games is just not, there's no defending that at any level, especially in this series. Again, where, like, if they just, they just need goals. That's really what it comes down to. Carter Hart hasn't been bad. No, and I thought Elliot was okay. I thought Elliot was great, fine. He did. Yeah, uh, he, yeah I mean, he look, wasn't the reason not, why they like, lost. Right, he wasn't the reason they lost. And the fact is, the Islanders' bigger guns have shown up more significantly than the Flyers, and that's your tale of the tape right there. I I really think it is, and um, you know, I we talked. I called Bavilia being the, the problem in the series, and so far he kind of has been. Uh, he's got. Uh, that Bavillier Nelson Bailey line at five on five uh, through four Brock games. Brock fucking Nelson. Who even knew who Brock Nelson was before this series? And that guy is destroying the. <laughs> I mean, he got a bunch of twenty goal seasons, and he just plays on Long Island. I, I don't know. Like I'm real. Like a Brock lot of these Nelson. Players... Brock Nelson sounds like a, a an also ran nineteen fifties movie star. Sounds like a failed surfboarder <laughs> on the West Coast. I'll, any you put Brock totally with anything. That. Brock with anything is like Brock. It's, it's an like, alternative lifestyle type of thing. Like he's a personal trainer in Arizona that just works on the weekend. I don't know. Like it's just not. I'm. It makes sense. Of, he's a hockey player. But. I think of Breaking Bad. Uh, the the kid's name was Brock. Oh God. Oh yeah. Yeah. Let's okay. let's make this well, podcast yeah, no Jesus, Steve. Yeah. 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 <laughs> a show that ended a couple of years back, but Topical. whatever. Topical. Uh, it, it, Brock Nelson, though, like killing the Flyers. JG Pajot, who was one of the Flyers' oh, God, trade yeah. deadline targets, but instead they got the double package of Grant, Grant. Thompson. Oh, goody. <laughs> I mean, the Islanders played a lot for Pajot, but he yeah. is producing right now. I mean, and I think. So to that point too, like Pajot, yeah, they've been doing that line is I think that's the line the reason is the reason why the Flyers are losing this series. Uh JG Pajot and Komarov with either Ross Johnson or Derek Broussard. Like those are the fucking guys that are difference in this series. Uh Pajot and Komarov went uh got a goal at five on five in games three and four and didn't allow a goal against with Broussard, and they had an eighty eight point forty five expected goals four percentage in game three, sixty one point four in game four. So that third line, which was supposed to be the possible line that the Flyers could pick apart, take advantage of, get Couturier or the the Hayes line out there against, that's the line that's making the difference in these games. That was the line that put the backbreaking goal out there in game uh, game three. Like they they are just the ones, uh, and they had the second goal in game one too, where Sandheim and Myers both got dominated in board battles, and then. Uh, Pajot is out in front for a dunk because Couturier missed coverage. Like that, that, the middle six is the one that is really killing them, and it's still Barzal on the top line. Uh, Barzal on the top line is just uh, like doing what they want to do, pretty much. They haven't really produced that much, and I think they're actually losing like the five five goal battle. But they still are. We've still seen Barzell out there like he's still out there doing what he does and is terrorizing the defense and I think that all goes into what the Islanders do and why they are where they are right now I mean there's a lot of stuff to point out with why the Flyers are you know kind of sucking at this postseason but I think the Islanders deserve a little bit of credit because when the entire Flyers team looks bad and the Islanders know as a defensive team and nobody is scoring they gotta be doing something right I don't know I I, I want to give them some credit here but after watching the Flyers Canadian series I mean, this is a series that the Flyers should be, like, they should have, it should be tied. It should be closer. Uh, the, fa- 
Because yeah. I, I don't think the Islanders are playing that much better than the Flyers. The scores are pretty close. But the Islanders are doing the key, you know, the key difference for the Islanders is they're taking advantage of the opportunities they do get. When the Flyers get an opportunity, they are just not burying their chances. No, you're right. And the one time they did bury their chances was game two. Uh, Hayes and Couturier got... I mean, it's it, it's not going to happen often in the series, and it hasn't. And we're not going to see it continue, but... Hayes and Couturier found some soft spots in the Islanders' coverage early in that first period, and then they just hit their shots. And the Islanders, I mean, the the way the Islanders create is just wherever you make a mistake on the ice, they are always in position to take it the other way. And Like the Flyers have had turnovers in the offensive offensive zone, neutral zone, and defensive zone that have just resulted just in goals against sloppy. for the Islanders. Like it that and it's sloppy, sloppy turnovers. It's sloppy and I think a lot of that I mean some of it's got to be the way the Islanders are playing too. I'm I'm going to pin it I'm saying it's the the defense fucking up too though. The whole I mean the top 4 has just not looked like the top 4. I mean for they don't look organized. Nisman, the, no. This yeah. team just doesn't look organized. Like it, it, just looking at the power play as a prime example of that where a lot of the guys you were just mentioning are you know, often active. It's, it's just got no plan. Guys just don't know what the hell they're doing. No strategy. And it's, I mean, there's a strategy and there is a plan, but they are not executing it well. And it's just, and again, it feels like they're trying to get that perfect, perfect opportunity every time. Uh, but they're also not putting themselves in the position to get that perfect opportunity. It just doesn't seem like their heads are remotely in the game right now. Yeah. And that is, you know, there is a little bit of, I guess overpassing to an extent because they really aren't getting any of the greasy. The the Couturier goal yesterday was a, a pretty greasy one. Uh, redirection in front of point shot, and that's they need more of those. But types they made of goals. traffic. Yeah, no, 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 know, no. Which is they need more. One of the that. things they're not doing, yeah. and, uh, and that's what I'm saying. Like they they made traffic, which they've desperately needed to do. Uh, they made it hard on the goal. Like Varlamov and Thomas Grice are not great goalies. They are pretty good goalies right Varlamov well. has yeah. had moments of greatness Grice has never impressed me he is not an impressive goalie he should not be shutting down the Flyers like he's fine he's fine <laughs> I'm not saying he's if I'm he was more than fine he'd be a, a he'd definitive be a starter. starter somewhere <laughs> I'm not saying he's a world beater what I'm saying is I thought he played pretty fucking good yesterday I think well that's the thing yeah. he did play good and but... he had some big saves like it wasn't just uh it wasn't uh I don't know. It wasn't the argument I was making for Carter Hart in the first round as much. Where like Hart made a lot of saves and he made a lot of really impressive saves, but it wasn't any. There weren't any sprawling, dramatic saves, and I know that's part of his play. But I'm saying like Grace yesterday had that one on Drew. Drew should have had that goal yesterday. That was a diving shot that Grace was able to sprawl out and get a glove on too to stop it. And then he also stopped uh, the Voracek chance on the JVR. When JVR did the one thing he's done this postseason and actually drove to the net, there was a rebound there for Voracek that he just couldn't quite lift it. It was still Grice, like, sprawling out. Like, I feel like he made yeah. some dramatic saves yesterday. And you're right. Like, that's not... I mean, fucking Thomas Grice. Saves, my, yeah. my point is, he's Thomas fucking Grice. Yeah, like, it should be. be Thomas Grice <laughs> yeah, and Verlamov. Like, they really it, should. That's, yeah. that's another frustrating thing to me. It's like, you're not... 
Like, Carey Price, you have the built-in excuse of this is Carey fucking Price, one of the best goalies in the game. This is Thomas Grayson Verlamov. Like, who how? gives a shit? Now, but, how much... I mean, they, they, again, they're playing well, and they're behind a great defensive system, and they're playing well. They're, they're executing is the they big difference. Executing. The Islanders are executing. The Flyers are not executing. I mean, that's... And that's for both these series. And I'll ask you, because I... I don't know the fucking answer. I don't know anything. Uh, in terms of execution and facing uh, just a good goalie, like that could kind of explain the low goal scoring is they played Carey Price in the first round. Now they're playing the Islanders second and system in the second round. That's not the excuse I'm going to give them because you're going to face these teams in the postseason. But like, do you, I mean, like, I think it's just a lot. Let's go over the fucking regular season numbers and the playoff numbers. Cause they're really, to me, there's only one major difference. Uh, on here and it's the goal scoring now, the goals per game the regular season was 3.29 they were seventh in the league 3.29 in the since the playoffs started uh the 10 games uh, from the start of the canadian series to this one the flyers are 14th in the nhl with 1.8 goals per game they finished they're currently ahead of the caps and the coyotes in terms of scoring over that time so pretty much you're talking about the cap series where they lost in five games to the islanders and then also the coyotes series where the 11 seed, seed shouldn't really have been in the postseason. Goals against per game, regular season 2.77, the playoffs 2.6. So that hasn't changed at all. That's almost the same. You're actually giving up less than you did in the regular season. Uh, and then power play, 20.8 was 14th. Now it's 12.1. It's dropped. I mean, that that kind of goes hand-in-hand with the whole goals thing. And then penalty kill during the regular season, 81.8 was 11th. Playoffs, 75. So the, the penalty kill has dropped, too. Uh They've given up seven power play goals against on 28 penalty kills. So, like, it's the goal scoring, and then it's all this stuff of, like, creeping. The concerns from last year that we thought, I guess, were erased with all season decisions are kind of creeping in now. Like, it seems like A.V. is getting the screws turned to him by trots, and it seemed like he was looking for answers in the first series against... uh, Kirk Muller after Claude Julien went down, um, and then like the penalty kill hasn't really has hasn't really been as like tight as it was in the first uh, or in the regular season. No, and it then, hasn't, and that's been a, a huge factor because the yeah. Islanders have really and the Canadians took advantage of that to mm, yeah, they did. Their, their opportunities and the Flyers have had a ton of opportunities and they just are not burying them. But yeah, like AV has been he's just been outdueled in both yeah. series. So and I I mean yeah. again Montreal they won it, so I guess he's not outdueled at the end of the day, but they struggled in that series and they're just struggling so bad right now and it's so tough to watch because you know this team is capable of so much more. And what's really worrying about me about AV right now is the stuff that we always complained about with Dave Haxtall is over-reliance on your bottom six guys, especially Nate Thompson. Nate Thompson is out there entirely too fucking much. Yeah, and I don't like I don't like Thompson being matched up against the Barzell line. Um, I will. Here's what I'm gonna say about the Grant Thompson and AK line now. And believe me, I don't want to see any more Derek Grant or Nate Thompson in a Flyer jersey because I just don't. I don't think they're really ideal bottom six guys. For the league, I would prefer defensive-minded guys that can actually push play and kind of maybe chip in offensively every once in a while, which these two haven't. But the last two games, uh, Grant Thompson and a line, they've driven play and they haven't given up a goal against. And I know it's not fun watching Thompson out there against Barzell. I'm just saying, like, I don't even know if, like, I really want to pin this shit on them. Uh, I would prefer AV makes different choices, but, like, I don't know. I, I just wanted to – Nate Thompson has been, like, dunked on a lot, and he's not great. Uh, but I just don't want to hear the fucking shit about like 
the decisions about Nate Thompson are like Ghost or Hag really aren't the problem right now to me. It's more of, like you are saying, the AV decisions of like, he is kind of, I think he's line match on the wrong, wrong guys. Um, he's not really adapting or, heck, that was another thing Haxtell did, was he never really adapted in-game when things looked like they weren't going well. And it seemed to be a thing that AV did during the regular season, but in the postseason, he'll switch it up between games, but then in-game, he hasn't changed, it doesn't change anything, it feels like. I feel like he hasn't been tweaking that much. Um, and... That's, I, mean, I mean, that's the problem, at the, ultimately, right? It's all the stuff that worked in the regular season and why the Flyers looked so dynamic is not coming through right now. Their yeah. top guys aren't scoring, specifically Konechny, who had a dynamite regular season led and team. led the team in points and goals and just isn't producing right now. Uh, and you also just look at Niskanen, Braun, who were solid all season. Those two. Terrible. I mean, like, and that's... Those, that's the thing for me was last year it seemed to be like, especially for me and on this podcast, a lot of indecisiveness as to whether or not uh, Niskanen trade, Hayes signing, Braun trade, um, you know, the approach to fixing the penalty kill, all these things I was really on the fence about because I could see the ways they could work because there's a lot of narrative support in the cases why it should work. But then looking at the underlying numbers and everything, you're kind of like, ah, I don't know, we'll see it. Work during the regular season, and it seems like it's all coming back down to earth now at the worst possible fucking time. So it looked like the answer to those questions were, you know, did the offseason changes help the Flyers this year? And it looked like during the regular season, the answer is a resounding yes. And now it's like in the postseason. Browns look better this series, but still, I mean, he's he's had problems on the PK. And also that first series against the Canadians shows that, like, speed kind of kills him. Niskanen's looked like dog shit the entire time in the bubble. I don't know what that's about. I was worried this is what Niskanen was going to look, look like the whole season. Thank God he didn't. But now I'm, yeah. now I'm starting to get worried about next year because we still got this guy well, he, next year. And it's just like he's been, he's been I bad. guess he never got back up to speed because he just, he just has not looked like he's been with the game. And like, yeah, yeah he doesn't look like he's, he's fully with it. And Braun is just... Like Braun again, we were. This is kind of the Justin Braun we were warned about by Sharks fans when this trade was yeah. made, where he's just lagging behind every play. He's huffing and puffing to catch up to these plays, and it sucks. Yeah, because he, he you know, during the regular season, he wasn't the the fleetest of foot, but he wasn't huffing and puffing and trying to catch up every time. No, no, you're right, and I think I think I saw Corey Schneider tweeting about it yesterday with I, I forget who, but like. Braun had, apparently has looked like this for years, but the thing was in San Jose, the forwards are better at like helping helping him get the puck out of the zone. So like he he just that he's been lost when it comes to getting the puck out of the zone for years now. Except in San Jose, the forwards came a little bit deeper into the zone to help him out. That was like part of I guess the Boers and system out there, or whatever. But um, like uh, I, I don't know, like he and Hag and Braun really haven't been killing the Flyers this series. Actually, they've been I think they're three and zero in goals in three games. But like. It has been pretty. Like, they're living in the defensive zone, which is what we've come to expect out of it. But he just hasn't been... I mean, it, we're Braun getting the negative side. Braun in particular has had some very scary moments oh, no, in the defensive yeah. zone. Like, I think two games ago, one of the... one of the, I think it was the game on Saturday night, he was just, like, tumbling. Like, around, oh, yeah. like, a, like he was doing trapeze or something. <laughs> it was <laughs> and, crazy. And in, game, and in the first series, he was just running around like a madman trying to hit people in the corner and leaving, like, Ghost or Hag out in front to, like, cover for it. But, like, they, I don't know. I can't, all things considered, I guess I'm really not going to, like, bitch and moan about them right now, too, because they just, 
it's the third pair and they're not giving up goals against. I really can't. I don't know. I, at this point in time, well, the, knowing the what the third is, pair is, I can't really ask much more of that. Right. The thing is, the Flyers aren't giving up that many goals, right? They're not really. So it comes down to the lack of offense. Yeah. Ultimately, if the offensive side and that's, you know, going back to the forecast part of the show, essentially, that's really what the Flyers are going to have to do if they're going to come back in this series. They're going to need the offensive guys, the top tier guys to really show up where they succeeded yeah. in game two was Kevin Hayes burying his chances. Sean Couturier burying a, a fantastic goal. That Couturier goal yeah. was Wow, chef's kiss but like Hayes was picking corners Couturier just dunked it you know like that's what they need they actually need offensive support and I'm you know just not to pick on Travis Connecty and Claude Giroux but I'm gonna we're gonna no, pick on them no pick because on. they yeah. totally deserve it they've just have not shown up at all and you need those guys to show up you need just need the top six to show up no 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 we're gonna bury them because we always defend them and I feel like there's always been somewhat valid points before. But my whole thing before was, well, shoot your team, shoot your coach, no death behind on the help. And uh, you're supposed to have that this year, buddy. I don't, I don't know what to say. Like, they were supposed to be that this year. And I can't, like, it can't be a thing where each year the case against him not producing in the postseason becomes, like, worse and worse. And we're just sitting here being like, yeah, but look, it's we're talking about one goal in 26 playoff games. That's... I, you got to put the puck in the net. I don't know. And connecting is the same way. I they both and Drew in his defense. I think la- last night was his best game of the postseason yet. He had five shots on goal. He had that really good chance that I, I think Rice did rob him on in the third period. Also at the same time though, Scott Mayfield can't pin the puck against the boards there for 15 seconds at the end of the game. Somebody's got to throw their weight. That was... Somebody's got to get in there. It's a fucking playoff game. Like I, that I, was I such there's got to be a, a pathetic... sense of urgency. Yeah pathetic way to end that game that shit is, I, I, that pisses me off more than all the like because the lack of goal production that's a thing where like i guess we saw last night with drew you can see the chances and if they don't go in that's just kind of hockey to extent but not even getting in there to try it wasn't like you put it on like a it didn't look like he was the hulk in the corner it wasn't like he was throwing off flyers left and right and like it was just like oh my god he's on steroids it was literally just nobody was in there hard enough to kind of go at the puck yeah, he just wedged what himself the fuck in is there, that? and that was that. Yeah, like, get, uh, gotta get in there. And I, I mean, I mean, fuck. Uh, I'm gonna go back to the, the goal totals again. I feel like it's not really that crazy to, yeah, in the playoffs. Okay, so if your team gives up 2.6 goals a game, you should be able to win if your team is only giving up two goals a game. And honestly, you should win most games, even if they give up three. I mean, that's kind of been... That's been the golden mark for the Islanders is I don't think they've lost a game yet that they've given up. Um, they haven't won a game yet where they've given up three goals or more just because they play extremely defensive. But then on the other on the other side of it, uh, 2.6 goals like a night, or I mean 1.8, you can't win a lot of games with only one goal four. Like if you're averaging not even two goals a game, you can't win that way. It, it doesn't matter if it's the playoffs or the regular season. That's way too... It's too reliant on the goaltending, the defense. This, those look like the numbers of the teams like that should look like the Blue Jackets and the, the Coyotes. Not a team that has the depth and can roll lines like the Flyers can. It's it's all about goals. They they have to score. There's really no other way to like get at this. And like I know the defense has had their errors and they look pretty bad. But when the Flyers are scoring goals, uh, they made Ryan Pulak look bad on the first goal, I believe. Adam Pellick looked bad on the second one. 
And Couturier fucking danced around Nick Letty on the third one. So that's three different guys on this impeccable Islanders defense that look like clowns when they got scored on. So when you score goals, they don't look as unstoppable. And that's part of the reason why the Flyers look bad right now, because the Islanders are the only ones scoring some goals in this series. Um, but the top it's four... It's frustrating, man. Oh, it's it frustrating. So... And, and that's... You're seeing a lot of anger. And it's funny because, you know, we talked for a lot of the regular season, especially when this team was succeeding, about what a breath of fresh air this was after the past few years. And now mm. all the opinions, all everybody's gone. takes are right back to where we were at the B, or at the end of last year. Yep. That's, and they're right there. And some of these are... Like, unfortunately, I feel like uh, the stances on Drew right now are a little vindicated. I don't know. Like, it's going to be... I love him. He, I, I gotta. I have to see a goal before he, the He's an all-time flyer for sure, but this is not helping. It's just frustrating. Yeah. Clutch time. No, no, no. And, like, in the past, I thought I thought he got way too much shit for them losing that series against the Rangers. The Rangers series where the starting goal was out for three games. He had six points, and they lost one goal by a goal in seven games. Like, I thought he got dragged too much for that. Thought he got dragged too much for the Cap series, where Katori got injured halfway through game one, and the Cap, I mean, like, Steve Mason was letting goals from center ice. 2018, that, was, that team was dead walking. Like, they didn't stand a chance to win that series. This is this was the series I thought he was going to rebound. I thought he was going to actually put up a ton of points. He's assisted a lot. I thought he, he was doing fine in game five last series, but, like, he, he's got his... Dude's got to produce. I don't know what to say. To him. Five assists, 13 games. It's, it's just not, it's not good. It's not cutting it. And, you know, before the past couple runs, Claude had a pretty respectable point per game for the playoffs. But as this continues, like it has, he's currently 70 points in 82 playoff games. And that's just for, for an all time flyer. That's not good. Yeah, and it, it does suck that he's playing with some like terrible teams. But yeah, he's just, I like at some point your top players do have to eventually push through. And I I think this is either, I mean to me this is should be the illustration or realization, whatever the fuck you want to call it, that Drew isn't the guy anymore for the Flyers. Uh, and I think even with that, like. Even with that expectation in mind, I still want to see more out of him. Even if he isn't the main guy, even if Katoria should be considered the main guy up front now or connect me, or if you think Katoria and Hayes together mean something more, like Drew should still be chipping in. Um, and Hayes and Katoria too. Like, I, Hayes shouldn't be hearing any shit, honestly. Leads the team uh, 10 no, points I... in 13 games. And he's been, he's been noticeable in every game since game five against the Canadians to me, I feel like. Because I, I was starting to call I think Hayes has been great. Series. He, yeah. He, He's still one of the better penalty killers on this team, if not the best penalty killer. He <laughs> is getting a lot of offensive chances, and he's Hayes is 100% shown up. He gets all the praise from me. He's having a, a very stellar playoffs. Yeah. Couturier is having a pretty good playoff, but could be better, as you as you pointed out. Yeah. It's But of your top guys, and Voracek has had some really great games, so I will give Voracek a little bit of a pass, but... Drew and Konechny are your very disappointing players. And Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. 
With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, I'm Neelai Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. So I was curious uh, what you thought. We, we talked about Niskanen and we talked about Braun on the defense. We talked about Haig and we talked about Gostaspare a little bit, but, you know, we don't really need to dive into that too much more. Yeah. Uh, your big guns beyond that. I mean, I think Sandheim and Myers have been pretty good for the most part. They still have some rookie mistakes, but they're still they're probably the two most consistent defensemen the Flyers have right now. Right. But that said, during this series... They, I mean, they're not looking too hot. I mean, for so far this series, they have a 39.82 expected goals for percentage. Been on the ice for five goals in total at 5-5, five and, five, and the Islanders have four of them. So, like, They've been dunked on a couple times. Yeah, and like again, like that's the thing about the Islanders is they are... That was the best pair coming into the series, but the Islanders have found a way to turn four turnovers into goals against them. Uh, and they gave up two goals in game one. And then they gave up a goal in game three and a goal in game four. Um, they were on the ice. I mean, they're the one that they were, they were on the ice for five and five, four was the overtime goal for Myers. Um, and a little bit about that. Uh, I did write down some notes about that. Uh, that was the fir- his first game winning goal in the NHL. First Flyers overtime winner since Danny Breer's uh, winner against uh, Martin Rodor in game one of 2012 Eastern Conference semifinals. And then it's the first OT winner from a Philadelphia defenseman since Andy Delmore's winner in Game 3 of the 2000 Eastern Conference Semifinals against the Penguins. Andy Delmore! Andy Delmore reference on the pod. I'll put that in the tweet. But yeah, I mean, that's the thing with... The, uh, the, I call I, I said it after the Canadian series. Myers and Sandheim, for some reason, they just love to... Every pair, every player is going to lose a board battle. But it seems like with them they are susceptible to just losing a board battle and then the puck's in the back of the net two seconds later. Um, it happened a couple times in the first series. Uh, the, the opening series of this goal, seri- uh, opening goal of the series with Andy Green was those two and Nate Thompson, speaking of Nate Thompson, uh, kept losing <laughs> kept losing puck battles down low and they couldn't get the Fuck puck you. out of the zone. And then, if I may, if I may. Go I'm ahead, I'll go back. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. What an annoying player to have really stand up and... and- stand out in game one andy green who's about a million years old <laughs> i was gonna terms, say <laughs> not a great defenseman by any stretch of the imagination looks like a goddamn hero and then we have some 
stupid Islanders fan come out of the woodwork <laughs> to that guy. try and punk on us on the podcast. Like, okay, dude, I don't really give a shit, but all right. He's like, oh, I tried listening to your podcast. It was, you guys are the saltiest people ever. I'm like, you thought we were salty? We said the Islanders Flyers have a 50 50 chance. Yeah. Like, I don't, whatever. That was like, a, that like, came out I was just annoyed that, yeah. <laughs> I was just annoyed that, like, somebody could come out of the woodwork and go, oh, that stuff you said about Andy Green, how about that now? Like, Andy Green stuff sucks. <laughs> Andy Green's a million years old. I mean, that old bag of bones, I can't believe he scored the first goal. And then he almost got another one in game two. Uh, fuck that guy. I mean, that pair, I that pair is pissing me. And I'll talk about that in a second. I was gonna talk about saying I'm, uh, I'll, I'll say the uh, Green Laddie Myers real quick. Because uh, what was it? Green, uh, Green and Letty. Yeah, that was just the the pair I called out, and I thought they were gonna look like shit, and they have looked like shit. Uh, they've been outshot twenty two to thirty three at five on five, thirty eight point seventy two expected goals four percentage. Yet the goals at five on five for that pair. Two for the Islanders, one for the Flyers. I fucking hate that shit. Like I like I guess the game script results are the opposite. So I'm taking that one again. Like this is the forecast, so I have to I have to get my shitty uh, guesses in then. Um, but Sanheim and Myers, the and then the second goal in that uh, game one loss was Sanheim and Myers both lost board battles. Like they both lost board battles that resulted in um, Pajot out in front just to slam it home. And then in game three, Myers couldn't get over to uh, Barzell in time to keep him from getting to pass Matt Martin in front for a slam dunk. So these guys are just like not helping themselves when it comes to uh, play along the boards. And then both of them have had pretty terrible turnovers where they just handed it to the team and that led to like Sanheim was the one that turned over on that goal and Myers turned it over for the goal, the opening goal last night to your boy, uh, Brock Nelson. So they, I'd like, they've kind of driven play, but they've lost a quality battle on the keep given the Islanders chances in their own zone. So like that shit, like that's got to stop. I mean, in the top, it's the fucking top pair has been, I, I think Niskanen might, Niskanen is kind of scaring me for next year already. Cause I, Again, uh, pre-bubble, he looked fine. Post-bubble, he's looked, I don't know. Like, he just hasn't, he just hasn't looked like a passable defenseman. I don't even know if I want him on. <laughs> like, I don't know. He just has not looked good at all. Well, I was going to ask, so, you know, we've broken everybody else down. What do you think about Ivan Provorov and how he has looked in this series? Yeah, and we'll we'll talk about this. And I do want to bring up a uh, friend of the show, Sean Moore, uh, I, is pointing out that Proveroff, uh is bad or has not looked good this series. I'm not quite sure the way he uh, put it. I was trying to go back and look for the tweet. But I think he's just trying to say that maybe Proveroff isn't as good as everybody has been hyping him up for. And he's he went on to list some examples of how uh, he really just bobbles the puck a lot or seems to have needless turnovers in the offensive zone when there shouldn't be any and also just looks bad breaking up two-on-ones. So uh, looking at the goals in this series, Sean, I haven't really done a deep dive yet, but I mean, like looking at, I think he even mentioned it when talking about like players on the on the, on the ice more, hand the puck more, just look worse because they're going to be turning it over no matter what. Like that was a common argument for centers fans that didn't want Carlson in Ottawa anymore was because he always turned the puck over. And it's like, well, when he was in Ottawa, he was the only guy that had the puck on his stick. Like, the rest of that team sucked. Their entire, like, the entire idea behind that team working was give Carlson the puck and go from there. So it's kind of hard to fault him for turnovers when he has the puck all the time. 
when he's on the ice. That's not what's going on with Provorov, but I think that plays into this a little bit because it's a thing where Provorov is always on the ice. Um, he is, I think he finished seventh. His 24-51 ice time average during the regular season with the eighth highest during the regular season. Uh, 1,114 minutes, nine seconds time on ice. Fifth highest for a D-man the entire season. He's one of only six players to play over 1,700 minutes. And those other players were Thomas Shabbat, Brent Burns, Roman Yossi, Drew Doughty, and Ryan Sutter. Uh, that doesn't exact or Suter. That doesn't exactly mean that like they're playing well. But those are guys that are always on the. There's nobody's on the ice as much as Provorov except for those guys. So I feel like you're gonna pick up on the mistakes he's gonna make if he's always out there. And I think Provorov does bobble the puck a bunch. Like I think he is. He does have that issue, but I think you're going to pick up on it more when you're looking at him expecting in the bobble it, and then you don't factor in the other things he does to help alleviate pressure in defensive zone, close out gaps, and honestly, so far this postseason, just fucking make up for whatever the hell Niskanen's been doing. Because a lot of these two-on-ones, I mean, right off the bat, if you're complaining about coverage on two-on-ones, he's already put into a pretty shitty advantage because Niskanen pinched or somebody else fucked up on the play and he's got to defend a two-on-one. That said... Some of the ones, I mean, like, I think, uh, I believe Sean uh, tweeted at me about uh, Provorov after the Bavilia goal in Game 3. And I went back and I looked at that. That was a 3-on-2 where I think Niskanen moved up too much and gave Bavilia the middle of the ice. And then Provorov was kind of standing, like, standing there looking around like an idiot. And I think that's the type of goal. This is the thing I was saying about Hag and Braun, the fir- or Hag and Ghost with Braun in the first series was... It's a play where Provorov may look bad because he's the guy on the screen, but Niskanen fucked that play up yards away from the net. And it happened again because he really did look bad on the 2-1 last night uh, where I think it was Nelson got his second and it was a passing play where Provorov got turned around. But that was Niskanen took an absolute horrible pinch and was at the top of the circles when the puck was already in the neutral zone. So it's a thing where, yeah, he may look bad in these situations, but how much of it is like, I don't know. It just feels like he's kind of been painted in that corner and I know that's not an excuse to explain all the bobbling of the pucks and everything but I think a lot of it is just if you're watching the Flyers a lot and he's on the ice a lot and you're micro-analyzing his game you're going to find flaws but I feel like he could do that with everybody literally every player in the league uh, that doesn't mean he's been perfect but I mean he's had his moments in this in this series uh, and he was that that goal, uh, the backbreaking goal in game three, like five seconds left in the second period, he had a terrible outlet pass that got broken up. But then again, I think that got compounded because Niskanen got fucking knocked off the puck by Derek Brassard. So I think that should be the thing you're looking at is Niskanen needs to hit the weight room because Brassard's out muscling him. So I, I don't know. Like, I think Provorov is <laughs> fine. Like, I, I don't think he's... Like, there's a lot of things you say about the defense. I really think... I, like, Provorov... He, I think he'll always be on the top pair. Whether or not he'll be the two on this defense, I don't know. I can see I can see an argument for that because he, I guess he really doesn't have that much offensive threat. Uh, like, he's not that, I guess, dangerous in the offensive well, zone. And, like, it, on the power play, he's weird. not great. But, like, I don't know. Well, he, it's weird with Provorov because he does he does actually put up pretty good goal to- totals, but he's not the most offensively tight It's we- He led guy. the league. Yeah, he led the defenseman in power play goals this year with seven, but it felt like a thing where if they weren't getting a power play goal from him, the power play wasn't doing much. So, yeah, it was a weird thing. Which where, is like, going on right Which is going on right now. Exactly. Uh, which is exactly like they really, They really need to put Travis Sandheim back there. Although Sandheim fumbled a puck on power play, too, at one yeah, point yeah, too yeah. which kind of threw me through a loop. There. <laughs> <sighs> 
but that's uh, it's just but... a little it's the little fucking mistakes that are just like I, I I'm watching the game and it's I'm kind of bored for the most part because it's kind of boring hockey, but Very it's tight, little yeah. mistakes the Flyers that are making that are just sending me into a rage, just like a little fumble, like a bad pass in the offensive zone. I'm like, what the fuck? Like yeah. that's no, the stuff it's... that's setting me off. Yeah, and it's especially like it's just annoying to watch. It's annoying to watch whenever, whenever they fuck up. I mean, it's not like there's times where I'm like, uh, Pitlick turns it over or something. I'm like, hell yeah, that was a great turnover. But like, especially against the Islanders, because every turnover, it, like, there's a real threat that's going on in the back of the net. It's the most nerve wracking thing to watch whenever you see a flyer turn it over from like the red line in. Because you're just like, well, fuck, let's see if that's going to be a goal now. And that's not, you know, usually with turnovers, it's not exactly a fun time afterwards, but the Islanders just, they make it all count. And I just, I just fucking hate that they're just the most cliche. Like, they're just nothing but hockey cliche. There's no real goal score on that team. Like, Barzell is like Anders flashy Lee and creative. The closest they have Anders to a goal Lee, score. Yeah, like, none of them are pure, like, none of them are like snipers or pure goal. They're all guys that just, it's all X's and O's and just very systematic. And there's not, they just play a simple game. They don't give you mistakes to capitalize off of. And they just tear you apart once you make mistakes against them. And I, uh, I think Barry Trot. I had somebody tweet at me too. Like, would you value Barry Trotz over McDavid and Drysital? To me, that sounds crazy right off the bat, but I guess I kind of get where he's coming from. Right. It it sounds insane to me, but I get the line of logic. Well, <laughs> here's the thing. Like, if you give me instead a Barry Trotz and an Alex Ovechkin, yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, that's okay. So that that's the point I was gonna make was. Shit, this is great, wonderful, and like Trotz is doing like he is he is an amazing coach. I'm not gonna. I'd be him. shocked. It, like I'm gonna look at this completely from the pessimist point of view for the rest of the series because it just doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel like the Flyers are advancing. So with the assumption that the Islanders are moving on, it's a pretty big assumption, but or not not a huge assumption. But yeah, uh, I don't see them. So the Lightning and Bruins series is not finished yet either, but. Right. I think the Lightning are going to win that series. If the Islanders and Lightning play. <laughs> I, the Islanders and Lightning play, which is likely to happen, I don't see any way the Islanders win that series. I could be dead wrong, but yeah. I don't see any way that team beats the Lightning. And ever, I just don't see this team, this Islanders team, making the Stanley Cup final. I, I think they're good for Eastern Conference final or a couple wins in the, a winner, you know, a round win or two in the playoffs, mm-hmm. but... I really don't see them as Stanley Cup champions. I think they have a ceiling, and it's a medium ceiling. Yeah, that is exactly the point I was going to make. I Barry Trotz always implements a system that he can get the most out of the guys he's given, except most of the time, he's not given elite talent that is like flashy, high-end offensive talent. It's usually just kind of blue-collar, two, two-way kind of play, like bullshit. Well, I mean, not bullshit. You know what I'm saying, though. But like the Predators teams. Think of all the Predators teams he had. Never really had a high-end forward that could just give you 40, 45 goals. But he always got them to the postseason. But it, they never got past the second round. And then the Caps the Caps had their own struggles. But the year they they clicked and finally did it, beginning, like the beginning of the postseason, they just bucked the trend of whatever they did in the regular season and focused on just preventing chances and goals against. And it works. So, And he's getting that now with Barzell. But it's a system that you just really can't have a – a ton of talent with and go far into the postseason because it takes guys that aren't quite 
it's a hard system for superstars to buy into or guys that will score a ton of goals. So, you know, it's a hard ask to ask guys to just not score as much or look for less points and throughout the entire lineup just get a commitment to team play, I guess, if that makes sense. Because, like, a Vetchkin scores 45 goals, 50 goals a year, and you're kind of like, well, how about you get 25 and you play a defensive system? It's going to be guys are eventually going to not buy into it if you start getting losses. Um, but this, uh, like, I think that's the thing with the Islanders. Yeah, next next round I think they're going to get crushed by the Lightning. Because I think the Lightning are playing more defensively sound too, and they have a lot more skill. And I think they're gonna the Islanders are gonna find themselves down the series, and then they're gonna start taking chances, which works against them, and they don't have the skill to get themselves out of a hole, like in terms of scoring wise. So that's why the Trotz is a great coach, and I think he can get the most out of some teams that where it looks like there's not a lot of skill, but I, I think there's only so far he can take them each time. And now I'll say that, and you know the Islanders are about to win the Stanley Cup. Because <laughs> that's how this goes. That's uh, that's how this show yeah. works. Yeah, so get ready. Get ready. But, like, I, unless, and again, if Grace or Varlamov stand on their head, you know, if you if your goal is stand on your head, it could beat anybody. But if they do that in the next series, then that really isn't the Islanders beating the Lightning. That's a hot goal who went fucking nuts. Like, that's different than what I guess we're saying now. Like, I don't think the Islanders are going to suffocate the Lightning's deep, like the Lightning's offense. I don't think we're going to be three games in that series and we're going to be like, wow. We're this, although they did that, although Columbus did do that to him last year. I don't know. <laughs> right. I mean, I, don't, I just don't think, I think the Lightning getting over the hump with Columbus. I think that's a, a big, big thing. hurdle for them. Yeah. And Boston is such a tough team in the postseason to, to take on. The way they're playing Boston right now, if they keep playing like that, they're—I don't see any way they're—they don't make the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, no, yeah, um, and like even if they like, if I, I just yeah, I think the Lightning. I think even if the Flyers do come back, I think the Lightning are probably going to go out out of the East either way. I think the Lightning are. I, I think the Lightning are looking like the team I thought they're going to look like uh, when the regular they're the team season to beat. Yeah, and also I think. Yeah, I made that whole point about the the stop for the pandemic. Was that before the show? Did I make that on on the show yet? About the momentum thing. My I really mean, poorly uh, I'm, assembled. I'm not sure if you did, but like, I don't know. I, Can I, I just throw it out there and then you dunk on it? <laughs> well, I just I both I don't really buy into the momentum anymore. Just because, again, like when play stopped the flyers still had like two to three weeks of hockey before the the postseason would have even happened and that's a lot you know that's it's not exactly a short period of time no it's not a lot can happen in that period of time and at this point this is just i'm not giving the flyers the excuse i refuse no 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 no, no, no. absolutely because i think the flyers have played enough hockey that they should be with it at this point and they just are not yeah, no, no, no. You're right. That I guess I won't. I won't set it up as an excuse. I guess then. Yeah, yeah. I. Yeah, we won't talk about. It. I mean, like, I, I think there is something to not really, not momentum. I guess, but like, there is. Teams hit certain trends at certain points in time. Like the Blues took off. The Blues were complete ass until the beginning of January, and then from January on, they couldn't lose. And then I think if you drop a four month delay, from March until July and there for them that last year, they're not getting past the first or second round because Bennington was on fire and the team was playing well. So it's not really like momentum. I guess it's just, 
I, I mean, if they continue playing all these, the trends of like the better PK, actual goal scoring, and just if it was a normal season, I think the Flyers would look better than they do right now. It's not an excuse of like, well, there's no worries. This is all because of the four month thing. I'm just saying. I think they may look a little better with that, but that's I'm not using that as an excuse. I mean, they, these guys got to fucking show up. I mean, we we talk around twice a week, and we've been defending them for a while. But like the the top the top end guys got to fucking score now. I don't know what to say anymore. <laughs> that's really. That's, I mean, that's yeah. it. No, yeah. I, I top six need better production, and that's the key to the Flyers making it out of this series. Is they're going to have to produce, and yeah. It's it's not looking good right now because of that lack of production, and it's it's just tough, man. Yeah. Uh, do you want to uh, real quick? I was gonna go through some of the lines and pairs, I guess, in terms of like just totals, and then that would be uh, just because I don't know what they should do. I don't know what they should do for the third line for next game because the third line didn't look too great uh, last night. Uh, Drew Katoria Voracek, uh, they are driving play, but they're even in goals. Um, and again, I thought Drew was fine in game four. It was just the rest of, uh, Katori's had some bad plays, uh, defensively, but again, they're going to be, it's going to be magnified in this type of series, but he had that bad play, uh, bad coverage on the Pajot goal in game one. And then he had, couldn't get the puck out of his zone in game two for Pajot's game time goal. Fucking Pajot. Um, Faraby, Hayes, and Konechny, again, I mean, 42.67 expected goals, 4% percentage, and 3 in goals, uh, and they've been... They've been driving play, but under 50, uh, 50 expected goals, 4%. So pretty much they, they've created a lot of noise, but the Anders are getting the better chances when they're out there at 5-5. Five five. JVR, Pitlick, uh, Lawton, Pitlick. I like Lawton at center. I mean, that's going to be – I think that's going to be the big issue going into next season because Nolan Patrick's health is up in the air, and we don't know what we have in Morgan Frost yet. But if we don't have a concrete answer in Patrick or Frost being the 3C, I think the Flyers need to do the Pajot trade. Because three three centers, if you're able to th- throw out three lines with these, I think that makes a huge difference. And we we saw the Flyers could do saw how teams look with one line in the postseason. I mean, just look at the Flyers the last couple of trips of the postseason. Uh, and I thought a second line would help. I thought Hayes centering in the second line would make a big difference. And I think they I think it has. But three lines is just going to be. I think that's where they have to invest next season. Um, if we're if we're being honest with ourselves. Uh, and then the the fourth line has been, again, the fourth line is, is fine. I just, I'm tired of seeing Grant. and I'm sorry, tired of seeing Thompson. That's another thing, too, was we chalked those, or I chalked those up as uh, moves I wasn't too comfortable with, but Fletcher seems to know what he's doing. So that's, like, that's a thing I guess I'm not really going to feel confident in doing anymore. Because there were, I don't know, there are a lot of things that should have been, like, red flags for this team in terms of, like, you know, dump and chase team, all the underlying numbers aren't exactly great. And then, like, some of the stuff, all those offseason moves all worked out. And there was kind of questionable whether or not they're going to work out. And now it seems like it's all spinning the other way, unfortunately. Which sucks. I mean, it really is. Like, it just sucks that we waited eight years for, like, this was the next time they won a playoff series was this postseason. And, like, no, this isn't, like, fun. <laughs> The previous round wasn't fun either. No, it's, it's been like pulling teeth all the time. It's amazing. That was like one of the most agonizing playoff series wins for the Flyers I can't I can remember. remember. It was probably... It's, like, it's these teams playing this these just annoying defensive systems, but it's also just the Flyers' top guys not producing. If the Flyers' top guys were scoring goals like we know they can, 
it would be totally different. It, like game two before they collapsed in the third period was a blast. Like watching yeah. the Flyers actually score some goddamn goals and then have an overtime win with a great goal from Phil Myers. Like it was great. But beyond that, this series has been just uh, depressing. <laughs> it's been real. It's just this hard has to been watch. a depressing fucking year. That <laughs> was depressing. That's yeah, I guess I guess it's taken on the year of 2020. But yeah, it's just it's a fucking everything's weird. It's, just, it's, it's crazy right now, right, man? You know, I mean, let's, let's just talk about this crazy world that's going on. I mean, we got you seen this. You seen this 2020 <laughs> thing? You heard about this? It's it's, it's pretty bad. It's nuts. It's it's not it's not a good year. And hopefully, uh, I mean, I don't know. I am. Are you worried about the future, or do you think this no. is just this postseason? Yeah, I'm not really worried about it, the Flyers going ahead. It's just right now. I'm just it's just the top uh, guys aren't producing. I'm honestly the most worrisome thing to me on this team right now with this performance. I, I'm very worried about Claude Giroux and Travis Konechny. Uh Claude That's Giroux fair. is already, you know, for hockey player, pretty old, thirty two. And it's not like he's going to get better at this point, so that's concerning. Yeah. And Konechny is a guy, I'm just really disappointed in what he's brought to the table so far. I'm the biggest Travis Konechny fan. You know, he's the jerk store's all-time bestseller. I love him. But he just has not shown up at all for this postseason. And I was really hoping this would be like his big, like it was his breakout season. I was really hoping this would be his breakout postseason. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think he's been uh, he's been talking shit, and that's great and everything. Uh I, but he's been getting frustrated. He's been taking bad penalties. He's and not, been, not producing. And usually when he talks, usually when he talks shit, he backs it up. He will produce. He'll score a goal and say in your face, you know that kind of shit. Yeah. And regular season, Travis Konechny does. It looks like playoff Travis Konechny does not want to partake in that. We'll see if that changes tonight when you're listening, or next year, or I mean Thursday when the Flyers win tonight. But well, he's got to change that shit. Uh, I mean, he's, I don't know. Like, yeah, both those guys. And the Drew thing is, like, he, I mean, this is, he's got to, yeah, he's got to be more visible out there. I mean, because he's getting some points, but there are some games. But it's where, only some points. Like, if you're not going right. to score goals, I can back it up if you're scoring, like, getting in a bunch of assists and no, exactly. playing great defense. And he's just kind of invisible out there for the most part. I think he's and eighth in the team on scoring. It sucks. He's eighth on the team of playoff scoring with no goals, and he's making eight, over eight mil in the cap. So that's, I mean, it is a problem. Uh, and like Tyler Pitlick is more visible than Claude Giroux right now, and that is a that's big problem. That's a problem, yeah. Well, and she's in general, to back up to the whole thing, that there's no point in time where that JVR, Law, and Pitlick could be like touted as possibly the best line for the Flyers in this series. Like that alone is a sign that maybe shit's not going right <laughs> when a third line that features. A power forward who it looks like is on the next play in the Seattle. Uh, a center has been playing wing the entire time and got scratched a bunch. And then the guys who spent most of the time in the fourth line over the season are the best line clearly for your team. They, they you might you might have to figure out some shit. Um, so we'll we'll see if they figure it out for for the next game. I don't know. I think they got a. I think they might keep the same line still, and that makes me a little bit nervous about that line because they did get they did get kind of pushed around in a game in game four. But no, I mean, we started with talking about the good guys need to score, and we're gonna end. We should end with that too, because we do. 
I'm sure there are times in the past our website and this podcast uh, has maybe gone, or maybe it's been considered we've been soft on those those the, the star guys for not producing the postseason. But this year, yeah, no, they deserve some of the blame. You can't. Teams for now scored 18 to 26 in 10 playoff games, and they're still here. I really, am, I'm finding it hard to blame anything else besides them needing more goals. So, yeah. Yeah. Get pucks deep, score damn goals. Yeah. Uh, you want to do players of the week? Slack. Yeah, yeah we might ready. as well. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, first, uh, let me just run down the, the schedule real quick. And then yeah. We'll do, uh, players of the week. So your potential schedule. So the one game that's definitely happening is Tuesday, 7 p.m. game. Uh, if the Flyers win that, Thursday, TBD time, but probably 7 p.m. Yeah, And probably. then Saturday, TBD. Uh, not noon, as I was really hoping would happen last Saturday. Got that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And we'll I, talk. I, we're going to talk about all that stuff. Uh, yeah. Fly probably later this week is going to be a hefty one, especially if the Flyers lose. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If the Flyers, if the Flyers are done come uh, Thursday, it will be a hefty, hefty fly probably. But if the Flyers win, we'll be recording Wednesday for Thursday. Uh, so still be hefty, but not maybe as hefty, but, uh, yeah, but okay. Yeah. Let's talk players of the week. So last week we actually both had uh, some minor success with the players of the week. So (laughs) we did actually thanks game two and wow to that. But I had Kevin Hayes, Craig had Phil Myers, uh, Kevin Hayes had two goals to start game two. And he also threw an assist in the last game. So that's three points for Kevin Hayes in three games. So, uh, yeah. Pretty nice. And uh, Phil Myers had uh, a goal, and had that was it. Goal. But it was a huge goal. Yeah. I mean, in terms of production for a defenseman, I'll take an overtime goal. You know, I'm just, you know, I think I should yeah. win last week. A and playoff as that... overtime goal. <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty good. Now, Steve. So... Wait, Steve. I got to throw this out there, because these are dire times. And when things were going well, we would switch it from you would make my pick and you would end up taking two picks for the week. Do you, I don't know. I don't even want to put this out to the universe, but I'm going to see how you feel about it. As a last line defense, should I make two picks this week? No. To see if I could flip them out. Okay. All right. Now no, do you want to, no, that's, that's too desperate. That's too desperate. Okay. All right. Especially All right, then we'll since just my stick. guy scored two goals last night. That's yeah. Uh, how about, uh, you want to? You want to pick first? All right, go ahead. I'm gonna pick first. I, and this is a desperate, desperate times one right here. I'm going with Claude Giroux. All right, we have talked about the captain this entire episode not showing up, and in these dire times, what we need is the captain to step up. Okay, Claude Giroux, you are my pick for Player of the Week. Oh shit! And I know you're listening, and I know you care. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Craig on Viperbly, but it's if Claude Giroux is going to step up, there is no time like the present. Listen, we have defended Claude Giroux to death. We love Claude Giroux. He is one of our all-time favorite flyers, but he has not shown up in these playoffs, and this is a desperate, dire time. There is no time like the present. For the love of God, help us, Claude Giroux. You're our only hope. I... <laughs> I I want to say that 
I picture whenever Claude is uh, like on a skyping with like his wife and daughter that or wife and kid, I mean uh, that he just is listening to us in the background. That's what I'm usually like. I picture he's always listening to the perps to see what's going on with the team. That's like we're the go-to source for the inside deets when he's uh, when he's in the bubble. But that's besides. Oh, the absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And I'll tell you what: if I have to, if I have to put like you know Princess Leia like hair buns on my ears and. <laughs> record a hologram message on an r2 unit i'll do all that whatever whatever i have to do do i have to say do I have to come out and say that if nate thompson uh is a significant part in the flyers coming back in this series i will buy I... an o thompson jersey because what? i'll do that i think kurt actually threatened to do that but it's not official until i do it so. <laughs> i will say that did push that series actually to six games that did put actually no to six games let's uh let's change this up you know, I've been hard on. I've been hard on Ryan Braun. If Ryan Braun, right? If Ryan the Flyers Braun? come back Justin, in the series, Justin, Justin Braun, <laughs> Ryan Justin Braun, Ryan Braun from the Milwaukee Brewers. Justin I've been Braun, hard on him real for the whole steroids, steroids thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If Justin Braun, okay, if the Flyers come back in the series and Justin Braun plays a significant part in that, okay, like significant part means like an overtime goal key defensive stop you know mm-hmm. like hurls himself in the way of the puck lappy style okay i will buy a justin braun jersey okay the flyers have to come back in the series and justin braun has to play a significant role in it okay i don't know if i can get an O'Braun or something I'll, but I'll i will get yeah i, I, I will think... get and i i i you know i'm not a fan of the flyers black alternate jerseys i was gonna say the 0607 uh thirds the, well, uh, you can't really you can't really get that like easily like customized. I don't think you get a lot of Justin Braun easily customized jerseys. I don't know if that's a hot, well, hot you, market. It, well, no, I think you could <laughs> get anything on the right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, but my. it's like if you could get vintage jerseys, sure, I'd be buying them left and right, and I'd have no money. But <laughs> yeah, you know, Fanatics makes it impossible. You can only get a Paul Coffee ninety six ninety seven jersey. That's relevant. Great. Uh, okay. If Justin Braun, if the Flyers come back, Justin Braun plays a significant role. We're talking overtime goal, significant stop. Like, you know, that is, there is an interpretation on this. Craig, you are the judge for this. Okay. Oh, I'll, I'll tell judge. you whether or not. Yeah, yeah. I'll be the, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll say. If and I trust you'll yeah. be fair, but I will buy a, a black alternate Justin Braun jersey and I will look like such a weird <laughs> game. All right. Now, so you made two picks. Can I. No, 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 no. Justin Braun's not my pick. My pick oh. is Claude Giroux. Oh, okay. All right. Now, Justin I'm... Braun is my bet. Claude Giroux's my pick. Oh, okay. I got you. I got you. I got you. Okay. So then in that case, I'm going to pick my player of the week. Ryan Braun. I'm going to switch it up. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with Ryan Braun. No, um, I'm going to go with uh, Carlos Lee, or pullback from old Milwaukee's Bruce. I'm going to say uh, Semyon Varlamov is going to be my player of the week. I'm going to pick a... Uh, I'm going to pick the Islanders goal. Well, you know, whenever I pick the players of the week, they always do very well and perform very well over the entire week. And they usually, you know, they're, whenever I pick a player to produce points, they usually do the exact opposite and usually result in goals against. So I'm going to pick Semyon Varlamov this week, and I'm going to hope he shits a bed. That's what I'm hoping for. All right. I mean, is that is that sound? Is that not a good choice? Bold strategy, Cotton. It's uh, a, that's that's my level of desperation right now. That's going to be me I, trying to bust Listen, the there, here's the thing. There are no rules 
as we know him for the there are no rules in this thing we We've, call life and especially a, in picking the player of the week that's a, that's my stance this is this is a, a feature we just adopted because we just wanted to uh it's done in plenty <laughs> of pre-game shows so there's not really rules so what the fuck craig um, you've um, gone with Simeon varlamov i'm the trying to jinx look it always, whenever I pick these guys, except for last week with Myers, like they always underwhelm and they always make me look like a dumbass. So I'm going to pick Varlamov this week, and hopefully when he sucks, we'll be happy about it. That's my mentality. By the way, 70% of the time, it works every time. By the way, Paquette just killed McAvoy in this game. Did you see that? Ah, I switched over to the Phillies. Oh, okay. I am pretty sure uh, they haven't handed out a penalty yet, but I think he's got to be getting a. I don't know if he's getting a penalty, actually, which would be a uh, huge... But, like, I, I don't know if McAvoy... He was down for a while. Uh, it was a pretty bad hit. But we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. To that. I, I'm seriously... I can't believe he's not going to get a penalty out of it. But that's what's The refs on. have given up. <laughs> yeah, the refs, <laughs> the refs like, we got to go. I want to get out of this bubble. I want to go home. All righty. That's... Uh, I mean, yeah. So that's, uh, that's my player of the week. And hopefully, uh, you know... Hopefully, they keep... hopefully, yeah, we are. Hopefully, we're recording on Wednesday with uh, <laughs> yes, with a sliver of hope still in our system. But again, it's it's not looking great, folks. But that's that's up to the Flyers' top six, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> not looking great, but it is. It's not over, and uh, they aren't down three to zero. I guess so. It's not impossible or unlikely that could happen. But uh, who fucking knows? I'm not giving up yet, but it's not looking great. <laughs> It's not looking great. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's all we got for you. I just wanted to make a quick note. We did not record Flyperbole last week uh, in support of the, uh, you know, the, the, I guess, protests by the NBA, uh, NBA players, NHL players, and uh, other major sports leagues, the NHL eventually uh, coming around on that. But we'll, uh, we'll, we're going to dive into that more on Flyperbole mm-hmm. later this week. But I did want to just mention that because these are very important issues and just it's there's always time for discussion on that. I would urge you to go back and listen to our previous episode where we talked about the protests from earlier this summer in the wake of George mm-hmm. Floyd. And it's, it's important to talk about these difficult topics sometimes. And we're going to dive into that big time on fly verbally later this week. Uh, we got a jam packed episode. We're going to talk about that. We got taken it to the beats. We got so much going on. Yep. So it's, it's going to be a big one, but I just wanted to, to mention that. So, um, you know, thanks for listening. And one week off for one episode off is going to happen when major, major uh, events happen. Yep. Black lives matter. And we will discuss everything later this week on Flyperbole. Yeah. So if you have any feedback for us, the best place is on Twitter. You can reach Craig at Sports Are Bad. Yep. And I will be doing, uh, I should have, I, I'm working on something now and I want to have it out for tomorrow. And it would be uh, the opposite of what I usually do. There will be no numbers. It'll be more of an emotional piece. So I'm going to start trying to do that a little bit more. Because it seems like nobody cares about the goal articles. So I'm going to go try and do a little bit more of the emotional writing. So uh, look out for that ahead of today's game if you aren't, if you didn't check out the website yet. It should be out today on the website. Uh, so that, and then uh, and then whenever the playoffs are over for the Flyers, I will start looking at draft profiles. And also I will, I will dive 
back into breaking down goals and everything. Um, it was just, it's a pretty time consuming process and it looked like it wasn't getting uh, that many clicks. So I, uh, I'll go back to that in a little bit, but look out for that article uh, on the website on Tuesday. Yeah. You yep. monsters, you should have been you... clicking more <laughs> grade school articles. No, 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 no. I, I know. Good I, stuff. Yeah, I just took it, uh, I just, uh, you know, I thought it was, uh, yeah, it's whatever. I mean, like, uh, it wasn't, you know, it's, it's all good. It's fine. It's fine. I'm not, I'm not heartbroken support about that it. in-depth I'm not, analysis. That's all I'm, I'm not crying all the time, yeah. I, I guess you guys don't want to read 3,000 words on uh, Justin Braun fucking up on defense. I guess that's your loss, and uh, we'll just move on from there. So that's, uh, that's <laughs> it is what it is. Ugh, <laughs> <laughs> Craig, as sports are bad, you can follow me at Flyperbole or at Esteban, but for your hockey needs, make it Flyperbole. Follow BSH Radio, follow Broad Street Hockey, check out all of our other great podcasts, checking out the competition, BSH Radio. Bill Matz is increasingly uh, sad post-games. No, I'm kidding. They're, they're not sad, <laughs> but we as a fan base are sad. We as a, yeah. <laughs> Bill, does not, Bill does not take losses lightly. He does not. Yeah, none of us should. I, Bill's probably just better at expressing it. I just, <laughs> I, yeah. No, Bill always does big, uh, great post games. So, and we're on Twitch now, in case nobody, in case you haven't noticed uh, that with the post game coverage. Yes, yes. Check out Twitch, not Facebook Live. Just, uh, just delete Facebook while you're at it. Yeah, just yeah, just get it's out of there. It's really there's nothing going on. Just leave it behind. <sighs> That's all we got, folks, and it was quite a bit. Hopefully, the Flyers win. <laughs> It's Ken. Fingers crossed situation. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Until next time, as always, good night and good hockey. Most of the time we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it then in that moment. You don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.